What is up, Financial Freedom Fest fam? Today, we are going to be talking all about how to write a letter of intent for commercial real estate. Yes, dude, this is such a good episode. And I'm also going to offer you, I'm going to offer you, you got to listen till the end of this. I'm going to offer you a way to get my commercial real estate, my LOI that I send out, letter of intent to offer on commercial properties. So you can start doing this yourself and start getting some of these offers accepted, bringing in other people's money and getting these deals done. Let's go. That's how we do this thing. That's how we rock and roll, baby. So today, what I want you to do is make sure that you listened to Tuesday's episode which was the benefits of commercial versus residential real estate. Then I want you to listen to yesterday's episode, which is why it's easier to offer on commercial real estate, which all leads up to today, which is writing a letter of intent and putting an offer out for a property. Yes. And if you're also interested in learning the benefits of residential versus commercial real estate, what I would encourage you to do is to listen to my episode with Michael Blanc. Michael Blanc, he is a beast in the commercial real estate space. And one of the first guys that made me realize that I would, he was the first guy that made me realize that I would be going into commercial real estate. So this is why we do this. And why is it easier to offer on these? Just as a recap of yesterday, it's easier to offer because it's not a binding offer. You're not stuck into the offer. So the cool thing is that we could have a hundred offers out, a hundred fishing lines in the water, and maybe all of those fishing lines hit, but they're all terrible fish, except for one that is a nice swordfish. And we want to keep that swordfish. We take that swordfish, we bring it on the boat, aka put it into contract, and then we can buy that property and go through due diligence Cool, cool. So pretty simple and great. You can have 100 lines out by putting out these LOIs. So what is, that'll get you your trophy fish. That'll get you your good offer. Putting out 100 offers will help you get that trophy fish. An LOI, it's basically a sheet that has your terms on it, right? That's it. End of podcast. Now, what does the letter of intent actually have on it? It's in the name, right? It's my intent to buy your property. Hey, Mr. Seller, I would like to buy your property. And it has the seller's name, it has the buyer's name, and it says, I would like to buy it at this price with these terms, and this is how long it's going to take for us to do that. So here's some of the main things that a that an LOI has on it. It's got the party, so it's got the name of the seller, the buyer, or it could be a tenant. But in this, we're talking about buying real estate, so it's going to be a seller and a buyer. It'll have their address and contact information. It'll have the responsible parties. So what that means is that there is sometimes, a lot of times actually when we talk in the commercial real estate space, it is an entity that is buying the property. It is an LLC. It is a company that's buying it. But there's also responsible parties that have to sign off on that company, on that LLC. It's probably the CEO of the LLC, the head of the LLC. Realistically, you guys don't know. If you don't know how to set up an LLC, I'm going to make a podcast on that too. 
is really easy. It's crazy easy to do this. I used to think it would be such a hard thing, but it's not at all. Let me take a sip of coffee real quick. Cool. So we have our parties. We have all the parties. We have the buyer, the seller, their information. And if it's an LLC, we have who it is that's actually signing off. Then we have the property. So it's going to have the address, the suite number, maybe a description of the building. If it's a 10-unit building, 10, 10 apartments, including you don't have to put all the information like one three-bedroom unit, one two-bedroom unit, one commercial source space. But if it is mixed residential, mixed use, you could have a commercial storefront. You could have apartments above. That would be mixed use. You would put that on there as a description. You could put on there the amount of parking and, and signage that's out there if it's a real commercial property there. You could put in the type of income it's bringing in and net operating income based on the seller's representations. You don't have to put all this type of information in. You'll see in my LOI how I offer this. Basically, what we throw in is our purchase price, right? How much money do we want to put in there? And that includes your earnest money. How much money are you going to put down? This is big, and increasing that number can make an offer go through or not. There's a due diligence period. How long of a due diligence period do you get to take a look at all the documents, take a look at everything that the landlord will provide, you also have any of your contingencies that you'll have in the contract. If you have an inspection contingency, if you have a mortgage and financing contingency, and if you don't know what a contingency is, it's your way to get out of a property, out of a contract, so you can get your earnest money back. And realistically, if you have an offer out and you just have earnest money in and you don't have a way out of the contract then that's when you lose your earnest money. So that's really your only risk when you go into contract. You could be sued to perform, but that rarely ever happens. You would just lose your earnest money, and it's not as bad as it seems. That's why if you put a big earnest money deposit down, that will bring some sellers in and make them want to take your offer. If you put less contingencies, that'll also make them want to take your offer. So sometimes you have to balance, do I want to risk having my money out there if we end up not wanting to buy, not being able to perform, and we lost our due diligence period? That's why you put in contingencies to keep yourself safe. And then we've got our target date for signing the purchase contract, the target date for closing, how long it would take after getting in contract to close on that, how long is the due diligence period, how long after due diligence period are you going to close, what is the expiration date of this letter of intent, and then it could have broker's names and any disclaimers, basically a notice that the letter of intent is not binding. And any preconditions to signing a contract, like approval by shareholders or something like that. But a lot of those things aren't needed to be included. So I appreciate you guys listening. If you want to get more information on my LOI, if you want to get my actual LOI that I send out, what I want you to do, I want you to send me an email at amabilerealty.com at gmail.com or send me an Instagram DM at Matt 
Amobile, and all I want you to say is, yo, Matt, LOI. Nothing else. Nothing else. I want to know that you listened to the end of this podcast and that you were tentative and you took in the information and you're ready to go out and make offers. So what I want you to do is reach out and say, yo, Matt, LOI, and drop your email if you could. That would be perfect. And I will get it sent over to you and we can take it from there, my people. I really appreciate you guys listening. I am going to go take my dog on a walk and everybody have a great day. Appreciate you and we'll talk soon, my people.